This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope this message meets you where you are and elevates you to where God is taking you. Enjoy the message. All right, what's up, everybody? Uh, good to be here. Uh, good to be here, and I count this as a privilege to share the Word of God and to, um, and to pastor Hopeland Church. So I am excited about this, really excited about the series we're in. And uh, just want you to know, Crystal Gale and I, we are praying for you guys, we love you. And um, let's get into the Bible, okay? And so we are in the middle of our series, um, uh, Bring the Noise. And so we are gonna go a little deeper today in, 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 in the, um, what the Bible talks about as far as spiritual warfare. So we're just gonna go a little deeper. We're gonna, we're gonna dive deep into this and just the victory and the position and the place you have as a Christ follower in Christ. Um, I just wanna remind you of the authority, the victory, the strength that is in you in Christ and how that affects and touches every facet of your life. And so let's pray. And if you wanna turn your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 17. So once again, 1 Timothy 1, 17, and then we'll, we'll jump right in uh, once I'm done praying. So Father, we thank you, Lord, today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for revelation, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for speaking to us. Thank you, God, for imparting uh, truth to us. Thank you, Lord, for encouraging us. Thank you, Lord, for lifting us up. Thank you, Lord, for giving us direction. Thank you, Lord, for giving us guidance in our life so we can live a strong, victorious, triumphant life in Christ. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Okay, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 17 says this, it says, now to the king eternal. Now, some of you are like, wait a minute, last week you shared the scripture. I did share the scripture and uh, I'm gonna share two from last week. But after coming out of last week, I was like, man, I wanna just go a little deeper into this, into these verses. And, and, and so uh, here we go. Once again, verse 17, uh, now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, to God who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever and ever, amen. And so he's about to get into some warfare stuff. He's about to get into some, uh, some of the responsibility that Timothy was supposed to walk in. Timothy being a Christ follower, that's what really God is saying to us through the scripture. But I just love how before he even goes into talking about warfare, talking about the fight, talking about being a soldier, talking about, uh, you know, and this is the beginning of 1 Timothy. He wrote another uh, book to him, you know, a letter to him. And so I love how this just starts out with worship. Uh, and it says, amen. So I, I look at this like, man, now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible. That is worship. That is praise to God who alone is wise. Be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. So he just settled the score kind of finalize what really matters, put amen at the end of that, even though he's about to continue to write to him, he started with worship. So I just want you to have that perspective, that focus, and be encouraged. 
that your life at the end of the day is all about worship. It's all about worshiping Jesus. It's all about your life and every aspect of it, giving glory to him. There are gonna be days of trouble. There are going to be um, days of trial. There are going to be moments and seasons that you walk through, but worship is and ought to be the mainstay, okay? So let's settle that. I know we're going to talk about warfare, and we're going to talk about our responsibility and how we can engage and enforce the victory Christ has provided, but worship, I believe, is your greatest weapon. Worship is your greatest weapon. Living a life to bring and give glory to Jesus is your greatest weapon. So I'm gonna read that verse again, just to drive it in, just to remind you. Check it out, 1 Timothy 1:17. Now to the King eternal, it's talking about Jesus, immortal, invisible, to God who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Okay, now let's talk about some warfare. Verse 18, this charge I commit to you, son, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. Okay, and so this here was a charge. Okay, and so this language, this, he's talking to, you know, it's kind of like Pastor Paul, right? Talking to uh, somebody in his church, right? He's a spiritual leader, talking really to another leader um, in, in the churches they were overseeing and leading. And he's saying, man, this is a charge. This wasn't just, hey, I got a tip. This isn't a tip. This isn't like, hey, I got a little, you know, this was a charge, okay? This was in a sense, a command, not like I command you, not a domineering command, but a strong uh, conviction, like, man, this is, this is uh, kind of like military language, okay? This is a charge. This is serious. This carries weight, okay? This charge I commit to you. And so that word charge it speaks of communicating something that needs to be a, a rule of life, a mode of living. So when he said this charge, he's saying, man, this needs to be your lifestyle, okay? This is what the charge is, the charge, this charge I commit. This, this, this is coming with a little more weight than some, um, you know, some input. You know, this is a charge. This is... Um, something that you need to own this, okay? So here is the first point today, is that warfare is a lifestyle for a Christ follower. Once again, warfare is a lifestyle. You gotta know coming into this thing that there, it is a battle. It is war. Uh, this is a charge as the pastor of Hopeland Church. This charge I commit to you. Hope Land Church, uh, and uh, the charge is, you know, that um, that you understand that there will be days of, of, of fighting through things, of pressing through things. God has graced you to walk through it in victory, but this is a charge, okay? Uh, time and time again, even outside of this verse, 
Bible talks about, you know, endure hardness as a good soldier. And as a soldier, do not entangle yourself with the affairs of this life. Um, the Christian life is, is war. It isn't always a state of war, but a lifestyle and understanding that the devil will try to attack the word that is on your life. The devil comes to steal the word, the Bible says. You know, when that seed is planted in your heart, there's only one type of soil that it survives and thrives in. All the rest is really a spiritual attack against the word that has been sown in your heart. When you get a prophetic word, that is a seed planted and the devil is gonna try to steal it from you, okay? I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just giving you just the, the, the reality that that is how valuable the word of God is. The devil hates the word. And when that word gets planted in you, when that word gets sown in your heart, that's where the thorns and thistles try to choke out the word. The dry ground tries to keep the word from being planted. The fowl of the air come and try to steal the word. And that word is that valuable that, 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 that hell itself and demons will try to steal and snatch up the word that has been planted. Why? Because the word of God is living and active. It's quick and powerful. The Bible says we've been born again, um, you know, according to the word of God. Jesus is the word of God. His name is called the word of God. You know, we are held together by the word. You know, we frame our world by the word of God. So the devil hates the word. Warfare, once again, is a lifestyle, okay? So once again, verse 18, this charge, I commit to you, son Timothy. This charge, it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. And I believe, look, this is nothing to be scared of. This is who we are. The Bible says that the Lord, in the book of Exodus, when they came out of the Red Sea, it says the Lord is a warrior and his name is the Lord. This is in the nature of God, that you, by nature of the Holy Spirit inside of you, the nature of God inside of you, he is a warrior, he is mighty, and he wants to fight through you. So like I said, I wanna dive deeper into this, into this verse. I just wanna give you some tools. I wanna give you some weapons, because warfare is a lifestyle for the Christian, okay? This isn't meaning we're in a state of frenzy all the time. This doesn't mean we're like, oh, you know, I think that the mindset towards warfare is, is, is almost um, the language of it that I see at times, even in Christian circles, and is, is like this state of anxiety. I'm going through warfare, you know? Um, and I get it, uh, but warfare is something that we do. It says that uh, according to the prophecies, previously made concerning you that by the you that by the prophecies you I'm going to say it again by the prophecies you wage the good warfare you wage it you, this is your lifestyle this is what you are fighting for okay prophecies all right I'm going to give you the Greek definition of prophecies here and it, it, here it is it, it's the gift of communicating. Here it is. This is what, this is by definition and enforcing uh, revealed truth. 
You have to bring the noise of revealed truth and enforce it, okay? You must enforce what God has said. You must, if, if you are going to actualize victory in your life and live in it, it must be enforced. He told Timothy, Timothy, this is my charge. This is a lifestyle. I, I need you to enforce what God has said. You would need to enforce it. I was talking to a young person the other day and they were talking about everything they were going through and everything they've been affected by. Now we're talking about a Christ follower. And I encourage them, look, man, man, you need to enforce what God has said. Nobody can do that for you. You gotta, you gotta pull yourself up, as they say, by your bootstraps, you know? You gotta, you gotta put on the whole armor of God. And by definition, prophecy means to enforce, enforce, enforce it. Enforce revealed truth. Enforce it um, over your life. Um, that, that's action, right? It means to enforce revealed truth. That's what he's saying, man. You need to take that thing that, that God has said you are. Now you might say, man, I've never gotten a prophecy. Or some of you might have had way too many, right? You got so many prophecies. You got books, you got journals of prophecies and ain't but maybe two of them happened, right? So you gotta take those. And if it is God, you need to enforce it. Say it. I mean, there are things that God has put in my heart. God has spoken over my, my life, my wife's life. And we enforce it. The building we are in right now, recording this, is our church facility. This was uh, opened up to us by way of a prophetic word from Dr. Michael May. Prophesied over me, you got a miracle building. Six months later, it opened up. But guess, guess what for those six months? Thank you, Lord, for our miracle building. I, I'm taking that word and I am enforcing it, right? Um, I've gotten words, uh, prophetic words over my life about um, going to the Philippines. And so I enforce it. Wow, uh, Philippines, I am coming in the name of Jesus. I am coming, right? I got words about Central America. I've been to Guatemala once, but this was after I went to Guatemala on a mission trip. Central America, South America. South America, I'm coming. Uh, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, Latin America, I've had words that we're gonna, we're gonna go there and reach people there. I've, um, and uh, I have not seen it happen yet, but I am enforcing what's been revealed. I'm saying it, I'm coming. Another country that was spoken over our lives was Italy. And my wife loves the fact <laughs> that we got a prophetic word that we're going to Italy, like to, to, to minister. And I got a reminder, you know, it's to minister. It's not to go in the, in the, what are those, the, the gondola or whatever, or visit my, my, my countrymen, right? So, uh, which is, you know, but the point is, I'm for Italy, I'm coming. In the name of Jesus, I'm coming. Uh, I'm unfortunate. In the name of Jesus, God has said, I'm coming, right? So, and it's not just prophecies in the sense of somebody speaking something over your life. Uh, I'm talking even just about the word of God. What scripture are you enforcing? What scripture are you, this is a charge. What scripture are you enforcing over your situation? I am the healed in Jesus' name. I have a sound mind in Jesus' name. You know, I've not been given a spirit of fear in Jesus' name. Uh, you know, I shall be saved, me and my household, in Jesus' name. 
You, 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 you got to, this is a sword. Um, you know, religion will keep you just sitting and hearing the word, but not enforcing it. And I'm saying, get up out of the comfort zone, church. Get up out of the, 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 uh, the, the lethargy. Get out of the um, mediocrity and enforce it. I'm not talking about putting on a show for other people. I'm talking about your own prayer time and your own private time. In the name of Jesus, I enforce the victory and everything Jesus died for, for me to walk in, in Jesus' name. Enforce it. That's what it means, enforcing revealed truth. Here's another part of the definition of prophecies. Here it is. Asserting the mind of God. You, uh, you God's mind isn't gonna change. And God's mind is holy. And God's mind is, is, is all wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. And, and the word of God is literally a, maybe, maybe a piece, if you will. Like it is the written word itself. It's the mind of God. It's how God thinks. It's how God operates. But it prophecies are asserting the mind of God. Okay? And you might say, what does assert mean? Because I asked myself that question when I was studying this. So I wrote it down. So it means... Um, you know, to state with assurance. We're talking about warfare, talking about bringing the noise. And this is the noise you gotta bring every day in your life. You gotta assert the mind of God. State it with absolute assurance. You say, Pastor Sean, my emotions aren't entirely assured. I, uh, I get it. Pastor Sean, my mind, it acts crazy sometimes. I understand. That's why we need to assert and state with assurance the mind of God because we um, are not like God. We are, we, God is not a man that, that he should lie. And we are susceptible. We are vulnerable. We have weaknesses. We have a past. We have insecurities. God don't have none of that. So when he is in you and you learn his word, and you receive something from the mind of God, it is your responsibility to assert it, okay? Well, I never had a dad assert the love of God over your life. My family life was crazy. Assert the mind of God over that. I was abused and done wrong and, and, and abandoned. Assert the mind of God over that. I, I, you know, I grew up in an environment where nobody was educated and everybody struggled with poverty assert the mind of God over your situation, okay? We all come from somewhere, but God in you, the warfare you're called to, to do is to assert the mind of God. Okay, assert means to state with assurance. Here's some more about the definition of the word assert. It means to state with assurance and confidence, okay? It means to force. Here it is again. This is what this means. Force. Or force, state strongly and positively, okay? This is your spirit speaking, okay? So here we go. This is my second point, is read the word and enforce it, okay? Don't just read it, enforce it, okay? You don't want to just um, hear it. The Bible says this, the Bible says this, that if we hear the word and don't do it, it's like we look in the mirror and we walk away and forget what we look like. Why? Because it, the word you hear is, is establishing who you are. 
It's talking about a mirror, right? So when you hear the word, God's telling you who you are. And then when you walk away and don't do it, you're forgetting who you are. But you gotta hear it and do it. And one way to do it is to declare it and enforce it and assert the mind of God over your situation. Read the word and enforce it. So read the word and enforce it, okay? Listen to the word, but enforce it. Receive the victory, but enforce it. Think on the word, guess what I'm gonna say, but enforce it, okay? Warfare, by definition, says that you would take these prophecies, this word, the word, and enforce it, that by them you might wage a good warfare. This is how you do it. This is how you do war, right? This is, this is how Christ followers get down. It's how we do. We enforce what Jesus has paid a price for us to receive, okay? So read the word and enforce it. And that word warfare, man, this is going back to lifestyle. Going back to lifestyle. So when it says, by this you might wage a good warfare, this charge I commit, he's saying, man, this is a lifestyle now. I'm not talking, hey, I, here's a little help. No, this, this is something you gotta own. If you want to walk in victory and experience all that Christ died for you to receive, okay? Charge. It says by the prophecies, we kind of broke that down a little bit. Now let's talk about warfare. The word warfare, literally in the Greek, it speaks of a campaign, an expedition. It speaks of a military operation, okay? It has military, it's a military context, and it means um, apostolic career. Now it's kind of out there, like what does that mean, right? So the word warfare, it literally means apostolic career. And so, um, so apostolic is, it's, is Jesus had 12 apostles. He's the apostle and high priest of our profession, okay? It was, in the early church, it was apostles that planted churches and built the church. It's the apostle. The Bible says the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. And so, uh, so when we talk about this, we're talking about um, um, the, the mission of the church, this, this apostolic mission, per se, this apostolic vision, okay? It's a, it's a campaign, it's an expedition, it's an apostolic career. So it's a lifestyle of the church, of Christ followers, the body of Christ. And, you know, uh, we, we're called to go in, to come, you know, be in this world, but not of it. You know, the Bible says, you know, to occupy and conquer until he comes spiritually, you know, uh, we were called to to uh, to uh, establish uh, the move of God wherever we are, and to be that sent one. That's what apostle means, sent one. So it's that at warfare is an apostolic career. It is it is it is, it is in the makeup of the church of the people of God. If you even look at the book of Acts and what they went through physically to establish churches, what they went through from government and from religion, and how. Those two environments tried to shut them up and shut them down. This is warfare, apostolic career. 
the body of Christ, we are graced to live through trial and trouble, to thrive in problems and situations and, and you know, persecution and trouble and our um, stuff inside of us we're dealing with, stuff coming at us. Like we as believers are graced to walk through these things with grace and dignity and life and victory and joy and peace. I mean, warfare is the spiritual vocation of the local church. It is part of what Christian living is, okay? It's the apostolic career, okay? Why is there warfare when I say yes to Jesus? Because the devil hates the word of God, okay? And and the enemy, uh, you know, is out to destroy. The, the, you know, the devil has come only to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. There is a war going on, okay? And it's because of the message. I just want to hear, it's not like, you know, sometimes I think we will, because of our insecurities, we'll attach what we're going through like there's something wrong with me or, or people don't like me or I'm not good enough. You know, no, at many times the things you'll go through is because you have the word of God inside of you. It's because of the gospel, okay? It's part of this. So because of the message and the mission and the mandate of the gospel, we will go through battles. I'm gonna say this again because this is what warfare is. It's the apostolic career or it is, if I could say it, it is the, the church's career. <laughs> like this is, um, this is just a part of our walk with God and when we understand that and that we win and that we can't lose because of Jesus, but we understand that there is a fight, there is a wrestling, there is um, conflict, um, and it's because of the message, the mission and mandate of the gospel, we are in a war, okay? All right, and here it is. Here's my next point. Number three, if you have a word, there will be a war. <laughs> Anybody want a word? Anybody feel like you need God to speak to you? Look at every word of God, the Bible says, is tested. Every one. Every one. Joseph had a dream. How many of you know that brother was tested, but he ended up in a place of influence? But that dream got tested. Every word is tested. It's, it's you know, everybody wants a prophecy, right? But they don't want to have to press to the fulfillment of it. Okay, and I understand, of course, we want God to talk to us. Tell us what's going on, God. Tell me who I am. Tell me where I'm going. But that word is so valuable. That word is so precious. It's, it's, it's like gold, in a sense. It's valuable, and the devil hates it, okay? And so, you know, if you have a word, there will be a war, okay? If you are called, there will be conflict, Hallelujah. All right. We got to be able to, the Christ in us, look at conflict and trial and say, praise God. God is going to move. God is with me. All right. If you're called, there will be conflict. Okay. If you're favored, there always will come a fight. Right. People say, favor. 
There's great songs about favor. God, give me favor. Lord, thank you for favor, right? Keep doing that. But just so you know, if there's favor, there's going to be a fight because somebody's going to hate. Somebody's going to be jealous. Somebody's going to try to pull you down because you got favor on your life. You got God's blessing on your life. Somebody's going to try to find something wrong with you. If there's favor, there's going to be a fight. All right? And if, you have, if you're called, there's going to be conflict. If you have a word, there's going to be a war. And I, I think, you know, so we want to prophecy, but we don't want to press. And what I mean by we don't, we, we want to prophecy, but every prophecy requires us to press, to press forward to. The Apostle Paul said in Philippians 3, I press towards the mark for the prize of the upward high call of God in Christ Jesus. I press, okay? God, give me a word. God, give me a prophecy. God, speak to me. Give me revelation. Yes, Lord, but there's a price. Apostle Paul said, man, because of the abundance of revelation, had a thorn in my flesh, right? Because of the abundance of revelation. Purpose always has problems. Mo purpose, mo problems, <laughs> right? That's not a point. Um, Pedro's not gonna put that as one of the points unless he is feeling inspired. But let me say it again, mo purpose, mo problems, okay? And this is okay, this is part of it. This isn't, I'm not being negative. I'm not, I'm not trying to look at the cup half full. I'm just saying this is how it goes down. And why? Because of the value of what God puts inside you. It's valuable and it will cost you, all right? And the devil doesn't like it, all right? Once again, if you have a word, there's gonna be a war, okay? All right, let's do this. Turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse three. It's another verse I read last week. So we're just, gonna, we're just going a little deeper. Here it is, again. For though we walk in the flesh, okay, that's every one of us. Ain't nobody up in here super spiritual. Everybody's human, got feet. Everybody uh, has issues. Everybody has a past. Everybody has weaknesses. Everybody, you know what I'm saying? We all are, we, we walk in the flesh, but we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Once again, verse five, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Look at, this is what we're doing, okay? Like I said, uh, this is what you're doing. This is, this, is what you're, this is your career. And in this verse two, the weapons of our warfare, you look it up, apostolic career. This is your lifestyle. This is what you do in Christ. This is what you do. It's not what pastor does for you. It's not what your mentor does for you. It's not what your mama does for you. This is what you do. Come on, next month we're gonna, pre we're gonna start, we're gonna have a series called uh, Grace for Grown Folk, okay? Because... Grace is good, but it's what's going to grow you up, okay? Grace is there, but grace for grown folk, okay? Look at the person next to you and say, I am some grown folk, okay? I'm grown, okay? I'm, and, and this is what you do, casting down. This isn't God doing it for you. Hear me out. They are mighty. We are in God. They're mighty in God. He is all powerful, but this is what we do. God, God's not going to use the sword for you. 
right? God's not gonna, that, that is your, that is the armor of God, but you to use it, okay? When David rolled up on Goliath, you know, nobody was doing nothing. Literally, letting the enemy run his mouth, literally. How many Christians got a Goliath in their life? Something like that. And they just sitting there letting that devil run his mouth. Sitting there letting that devil talk to him. Sitting there letting that devil talk about their past. Sitting there letting the devil talk about what they can't do, what they won't do, who they are not. Right? And that's what the devil, intimidating. Here comes David. It's like, you know, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that would defy the armies of Israel? Right? And he went and got his weapon. And he used it. Okay? And Goliath came down. Went and got his, his um, what was that, a slingshot? Is that what you call it? Yeah. Look at that. One stone. Gone. Right? So this is what you do. Casting down arguments. Okay? Our ideas. Principles. Casting them down. Um, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. This is warfare, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, okay? The number one way the devil's gonna fight you is in your head, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. That's what we're talking about in force, bringing every thought into the captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. That doesn't mean punish people, that's not, what it's like, disobedient people. It's saying the disobedience, the, the ideas, the thoughts, the mindset, the voice of the enemy that is disobedient to the will of God, to the word of God, to the purpose of God. Being ready to punish that, right? Being ready to punish all disobedience. Things that would get us in disobedience. Things that would pull us out of obedience. It says being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. And so this is what this scripture is all about, warfare. And we're gonna kind of close out with this. But warfare is a test in obedience. It's not one of my points. But it might be a good one for Pedro to put up there if you'd like. But warfare, I'm serious. It is a test of obedience. It is a test. Will you obey God? Will you still worship? Will you still be faithful? Will you still serve? Will you still read your Bible? Will you still pray? Will you still stay connected to, to the right people, godly people in your life that keep you on track? It's a test in obedience. What is obedience? By definition, in the Greek, this is what obedience means. It comes from two words. It comes from two words. Hypo, akeo. Hypo is one word. Akeo is the second word. But this is what it means. Here it is. Here it is. Here it comes. Here it comes. Obedience means uh, two words, beneath and to hear. To hear beneath. To hear beneath. Here it is. This is what it means. It means submission to what is heard. Okay? So disobedience is submitting to what the devil says. It's submit, disobedience is the opposite. Submitting to the wrong thing. Submitting to thoughts of anxiety, fear, depression, addiction, lust, perversion. Fill in the blank. Fill in the blank with any sin. Just go ahead. Fill it in. We all have our struggles. So what's, what's yours? What's your fight? 
fill it in. Any, whatever it is, selfishness, even insecurity, when we're so wrapped up in our insecurity, I'm not saying feelings of insecurity are a sin per se, but when we start basing our life on how we feel about ourselves or lack thereof, we are worshiping something that is not God. We are, we are, we are, well, our lifestyle is submitting to a, to the, to a voice that is not from God. So obedience is when God speaks that word, that prophecy, that, that scripture, that revelation, that dream, that vision through somebody else to you, the word of the Lord, whatever it is, the Bible, reading, listening, preaching, podcast, whatever it is, is obedience is to come underneath what is heard. Okay, to come underneath what is heard. And it says that we can't punish the disobedience until our obedience is fulfilled. Meaning, um, your walk le legitimizes your talk. It it's your walk that legitimizes your talk. It's not the other way around. Your walk, what you're doing, legitimizes what you can do. Okay, and here it is, my next point. Obedience always produces victory. Obedience always produces victory. Submission um, to God and his word is a place of safety, protection, and victory. Submission to God's word is a place of safety, protection, and, and victory, and triumph, and peace. I mean, it's all fill in the blank. It's everything that Christ died for. When we, the Bible says that we hear the word and do it, we submit to it. The Bible says, um, you know, I, I've put my word in your mouth and in your heart, this word of faith with which we preach. It's, it's receiving and submitting to it, saying it. We, we, obedience is just coming underneath what God has said. Disobedience is coming underneath what the devil says, okay? We can't overcome the devil if we don't come under God. I'm gonna say that one again. We can't overcome the devil if we don't come under God, okay? And I think sometimes we've, in, in, the, in, in, the, in the teaching of warfare, it's, it's, um, I, I personally haven't heard a lot about submission to God first. And that is where victory is. I mean, there is no other place of victory. That's where it starts right there. So, so your level of spiritual authority is in proportion to the level of your submission to God. Hallelujah. I'm gonna let that sink in here for a minute. But you, once again, your level of spiritual authority is in proportion, direct proportion to your level, the level of your submission to God. Here it is, James chapter four, verse seven. I'm gonna read this. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Hmm. Here we go again. James four, seven. Therefore, submit to God. Come under God first. Then resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That is spiritual warfare right there, okay? So disobedience is the refusal to listen properly. Disobedience is listening to the voice of the enemy, okay? And this is where it gets us because in it comes down to a choice. The disobedience is choosing to hear a voice that is not purely God's voice in a situation, okay? And disobedience brings us out uh, from underneath God's hand of protection, 
All right. And so I want to, I wanted to talk about this today and this warfare and the victory that is ours. And I wanted to, in, in essence, hand the victory over per se, according to the word, to anybody and everybody that is willing to say yes to Jesus, no matter what. Because that's where it's at. Victory and warfare isn't for the super spiritual people. Isn't for the overly zealous people. It isn't for the ones that that dance the most demonstratively during worship, per se. It's not for the ones that um, always got worship music on, right? Or whatever. those Those are all good. But victory is for those that come underneath God's, Word and submit, come underneath the voice of God and say, yes, Lord. And anybody and everybody can do that. So be encouraged, church. And and I encourage you, submit to God. Then resist the devil and he must flee. I hope you enjoyed the message, and my prayer is that it inspired and challenged you. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings, and to stay connected, just follow us on social media. Remember, there's always hope, and your future in God is great.